0: to 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time near, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishing. For they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James the son of Zebedee and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Yeah. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest instalment of Mark's Gospel. If you've been coming here for the last few weeks we'll realise we're working through that at the moment at Cornerstone. Um, I'm just about to lead us through thinking about what's just been read. Um, but um, so yeah, It's a short passage so everyone should be able to follow it. Feel free to make notes in notebooks, on your phones, um, or if you're in school years R to 8 You've got a couple of extra options, and um, if you look over on top of that pink box there, oh, can I have someone to bring it to me? Because um, I can't leave the <laughs> I can't leave the microphone. Um, we've got something called Flamingo, which is short for Follow Me Bingo. Um, so what you're going to do is this can be for anyone. School years, right? I'll wait. If you are a reader, if you're not a reader, there's a coloring sheet you can do. Um, but we've got here a list of words that I am going to use in the talk. Um, and your job is to listen out for them, and cross one through when you hear it. If you get a line, either horizontally or vertically, as soon as you get that line, you go to Michelle. Who's going to sit? Where are you, Michelle? There. And she'll give you a prize. Um, first person to a full house, that's all of them crossed out, gets a slightly bigger prize as well. So you've got something to listen out for. You're listening out for following what is said. So um, if you would like to come and get those can you come and get one of those now? Um, adults can do it if you want to. <laughs> okay. Tony, can you just pray for us? While we're doing that, Tony, can you just pray for us now, actually, while we're listening? Thank you, Lord, for Candida's teaching gift and how you've shaped her the way you have and given her a fine mind and a good heart. She's able to share from Scripture because she lives from Scripture. And we pray, Father, that you would help her relax in the knowledge that you are working through her today. Help us have open hearts to respond to what you say through her today. We ask for responsive hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, thank you. All right, so, um, we've just read the passage. And whenever I start reading a passage, I always like to know where it is and what's going on around it. So let's start by looking at what we've got here, Mark 14 to 20, in context. Um, that really helps us to understand what's going on um, and what was written, because for me at least, a first glance at that passage raises loads of questions that actually need answering. Um, In particular, the truth seeker and the historian part of me um, wants to know where does it fit with everything else we know about Jesus? Um, Aren't there different accounts of the calling of the first disciples in the other Gospels? And don't they contradict or can they all be true? The wife and mum in me wants to know if these men followed Jesus, what happened to the people they left behind? Um, didn't Jesus care about the fishermen's families? Um, and did Simon Peter just leave his wife home alone that evening? Didn't bring home any fish for dinner, any money, didn't say where he'd gone. No food, money, or warning. The responsible adult in me says, as a child, and children and grown ups, I was always taught avoid stranger danger. <laughs> if a strange man comes up to you and says, come here, don't you don't follow him okay and also personality wise I'm fairly kind of sensible and cautious and that really this passage really challenges me I know Peter's completely different to me he was very spontaneous and impulsive that's Peter in the Bible by the way not my son Um, he's very spontaneous and impulsive but what an act of faith from all four of them all four disciples isn't what they did just way too hard for someone like me someone like us to emulate okay so happily if we put the passage in context it should solve most of these questions um there are clever people around whose job it is to study the bible full-time um, and to study the history of the time. And in my Bible, which is a normal, ordinary, mainstream study Bible, um, some of these people have put together something called the Harmony of the Gospels, which is they put everything that's written about Jesus in time order. Um, and so here's where today's passage fits in. <gasps> there, all fishermen follow Jesus. Um, we can see that this isn't actually the first time that the disciples have come across Jesus. Seeing him here is not strange a danger for them. In John 1, 35 to 51, um, right, we find out that Andrew was already one of John the Baptist's disciples um, and he had introduced Simon Peter to Jesus. So they'd already done some travelling with John they probably seen Jesus do his first recorded miracle of turning the water into wine, which happened right after Andrew introduced Simon um, to Jesus. Um, So they already knew that Jesus was special. Um, Jesus, as we know from previous weeks in Mark, had already been baptised and been tempted and had quietly begun his ministry. To answer my questions about where this fits in with the other accounts of the fisherman's calling, um, Matthew's gospel is the same story and it's almost word for word identical um, and in Luke we have quite a different later story where Jesus provided a miraculous catch of fish for these four disciples and then called them again um, so when something's in scripture more than once it's generally there because it, they found it important or it's there for emphasis so the fact that Jesus did say follow me again was clearly something that was important to them um, and we should take note of that and finally, in the background bit, um, and to answer my family-based worries, shortly after today's passage, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Ching. Yeah, there you go. Um, so when she was sick, we also know that having walked off and left their dad on the boat, um, at least they left him with the hired men, um, James and John's mum went and followed Jesus as well. Um, Later on in Matthew's Gospel it says that she asked Jesus if James and John could be at his right and left hand when he was seated at his his throne. Um, And at Matthew 27, at the account of the crucifixion, the mother of Zebedee's sons, i.e. James and John's mum, is one of the women who is recorded as being there with Jesus. So we know that Jesus cared for the whole family, he met with the whole family um, as well as calling the fishermen for total commitment to him so with today's scripture background done and with my questions most of them sorted um let's move on to look at the verses properly um, and see what we can understand from them so verses 14 to 15 which Josiah i read for us beautifully thank you um now tell us this is some time after jesus was baptized in the meantime john the baptist has gone into prison And Jesus is stepping into the role prophesied by John, who said, after me comes one who is more powerful than me. Jesus has been traveling through Galilee, essentially preaching John's message for people to repent of their sins and be baptized in order to be forgiven and to symbolize their cleansing from sin. However, Jesus isn't just saying that, he started to develop it. He's encouraging people not just to repent, not just to be sorry, but he's also telling them the kingdom of God is near. Believe. You don't just have to stop and be sorry. You can believe, and you can live in God's kingdom. Believe the good news. As part of his travels, we know, um, explicitly from Matthew's gospel, actually, that Jesus chose Capernaum as his base. Um, It's on the Sea of Galilee. There might have been several reasons for this. Apart from the pretty beach and the fresh fish, um, among other things, it had good travel and communication links. Um, As well as being somewhere you could get to across the lake of Galilee by boat, um, it was also on a main road. In that map it's on red, that was where it went at the time, which connected um, Egypt on one hand and then Israel and then Damascus in Syria. So that would have made, it was, yeah, Capernaum was a really good base for traveling anywhere in Galilee. And it would have meant it was busy with lots of visitors traveling through who could spread the good news of what what they'd seen and what they'd heard there. And so this brings us now to the main part of today's reading, verses 16 to 20. Rather than just wandering around Galilee by himself, good though that was, Jesus is now upping the game. Rather than merely teaching people by himself how to live their lives better where they are, he's choosing and calling others to join him in spreading the message that people need to repent and believe. And there are four points I want to draw today from what happened in um, in those verses. So first of all, I want to look at where they were. We know that Jesus taught in the synagogues. That's the first century Jewish version of church. And that included, would have included in the church, in the synagogue, in Capernaum. As God fearing Jews, Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John would have been there on the Sabbath with Jesus. Okay? If Jesus had wanted them on his ministry team, he could have done the classic side luck for the service. (laughs) I've been thinking. We're really short of people on the um, following and helping me rotor. what do you say about maybe signing up for a trial run? But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus went and found the fishermen outside of the religious meeting place on the beach. That's the beach at Capernaum as it is now. Nice. Jesus went and found them there, going about their daily lives, doing their everyday jobs. Okay. He wasn't interested in the just the Sabbath day best version of them. He didn't limit his time with them to God hours and coffee after church or grape juice after Torah reading. He knew about, he cared about, and he made a point about getting involved in their normal lives. Can we be sometimes guilty of limiting God to a Sunday, either by not realising how much he cares for us or by putting our own limits on it. Um, Can we not realise that he made, he sees and he wants to be involved in the rest of the week as well? That's the first thing. Secondly, Jesus called the fishermen to follow him. Following is a word we use very broadly today. Um, I looked at three social media platforms and these are the people with the most do you know how, first of all, I'm going to ask you, can you call out, who is this? Ronaldo. Ronaldo, well done. Do you know how many people follow him on Instagram? 67 million. 67 million? <laughs> 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 100 million. Thousand. Nathan, do you want to put it up? 606 million. Wow. That's nearly one in 10 of the world's population, <laughs> wow. isn't it? Follow Ronaldo on Instagram. Right, okay, the next ones aren't quite as many because they're smaller platforms. I think we've got Twitter or X up now. Who is that? Elon Musk. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right, that's Elon. <laughs> no, that's Elon Musk. I didn't actually do YouTube. Um, I just, I, that's um, Elon Musk. And do you know how many people follow him on Twitter? Too many. <laughs> <laughs> Zero because it's X. Because it's, it's so X. Right. Oh, yeah, well done, Nathan. Can you show us how many it is? 158 million. Okay. Right, the next guy. I have to confess, I hadn't heard of until I did this because I'm old. Because this is TikTok. The next one is on TikTok. So can you shout out who he is? <laughs> oh. I <miss> the <laughs> Someone needs to tell me because I can't remember his name. Who is it? Carby Lane. Carby Lane. There we go, Carby Lane. And do you know how many people follow Carby Lane? They're all younger than me. Uh, it was. I can't. Hopefully, it'll come up in a minute. Nathan? There it is. There it is, there you go. 161.9, nearly 162 million people. Okay, so what I wanted to say was, what does it mean that you're following them? Um, there may be some people who hang off their every, their every word, who do everything they say, um, but most people are actually just a bit nosy and wanna see what they're doing. Um, or they want to pick up some lifestyle tips, or they want a bit of a laugh. You know, I asked my son, who is Carvey Lane? and he went, Oh, he's funny. Um, yeah. So, but how much effort does it take to follow someone on social media? Slick. And how much commitment? And how easy isn't it to just unfollow, click of a button. But that isn't the kind of following that the disciples were doing or that Jesus meant. What Jesus actually said, come follow me, this is the Greek, I apologise if there's anyone here who actually knows what it should sound like. It's written, he said, Okay. It's not the kind of physical following that you might see from a distance, like if you are a private detective, kind of, um, okay, it's not, um, it's not, yeah, or a mad car chase kind of, it means come here, doite means come, okay, so it's a, it's a physical um, command, it's, some translations say come after me. It's a physical command to leave what the fishermen are doing and to go with Jesus. Um, what the fishermen did, the Greek word, it says then, Peter and Andrew, which means they accompanied him. They followed and they were in the same way as him. James and John, which meant they went off and they went off behind him. Okay? So what we translated as following, it was a literal command which became a which became a call to physically go somewhere and live your live there with a whole life call, a commitment to learning from, to being guided by and trying to imitate Jesus. The call was specifically for those men, but for us today, the Bible is quite clear that we're to be followers of Christ. We can repent and believe, but then comes the following, the acting on that belief. So the next question, the next end of that is, the question to ask ourselves, are we following Jesus? Are we making time to listen to him, to learn from him, and to imitate him? Because that's what the following is. Okay, thirdly, the next thing that Jesus said to the fisherman was very odd. Um, Come follow me, as we had in the memory verse, and I will send you out to fish for people. Or I'll make you fishers of men, depending on your translation. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Yeah, I think the cartoons got it right. It was a figure of speech. It was not a literal activity. Um, The disciples probably didn't realize that they were going to embark on a life-changing journey involving preaching, healing, and deliverance. Um, A journey of living in God's kingdom and inviting other people in. That was what being a Fisher of Man was. So why didn't Jesus just say what he meant? Well, one reason might be that he didn't want to overwhelm them. But another is something that again, it can be applied to all of us. Jesus took the fisherman's job title and he changed it to reflect what he was doing. And I had this really like, oh wow moment in the car on the way here. One of the notices was about giving money to the Days. The Day family are missionaries in Mozambique. Do you know what job Perry does? It's a builder. Right now, Jesus could have said to him, he didn't actually. that's what I would say, but he he could have said to him 15 years ago, I think it was when Perry became a Christian, Perry, I'm going to make you a builder of my kingdom. It's that same kind of thing. Um, So yeah, Um, but Jesus took the fisherman's job title. He changed it to reflect what he was doing. He didn't tell them to stop fishing. Fishing was good. Work is good. There's nothing wrong with fishing. And it's true for all of us that God can take our everyday work and our everyday activities and use the skills we employ there. He can bring new life into them, he can transform them and he can turn them round to his glory. That's why we had the interviews earlier with Anthony and Charlotte about how they live out their Christian lives at work. You might find that your faith actually leads you to a particular career choice. You might find it leads to a change of role. But... If you're a pupil at school, if you're a student at university, if you're a full-time parent, a busy retiree, an overstretched healthcare work- worker <laughs> we might have some of those here—a high-flying city slicker, or a supermarket shelf stacker—if you're following him, Jesus can come in and give your work, your job, your identity, new meaning. Okay. Jesus didn't tell the disciples they would end up being full-time preachers or teachers. He took their existing identity and he gave his take on it, adding his spin, depth and purpose to it. That was number three. Fourthly, the fisherman's response is still a challenge to all of us, I find. It is to me. They, according to Mark, at once and without delay, both of those are the same in the Greek. This is my final time at Greek. It is eucis. Um, They left what they were doing and followed him. Uthys immediately. We know Jesus wasn't a stranger to them. Um, They knew him a little. But this was kind of a line in the sand, or pebbles on the beach, on their beach, um, for them that they needed to cross. It was very simple. Were they going to follow Jesus? Or not? Um, and they all responded immediately with a resounding yes. I don't know what stage you are all at with Jesus, whether you've only just met him, whether you know a little about him, like Simon and Andrew and James and John did, or whether you've been following him for years. There are plenty of people who have been doing that. But following always involves putting one foot in front of the other and taking the next step. So the question for all of us is what is the next step that Jesus is calling you to? And um, Is there an area of your life or your whole life where you now need to make a decision and take that step to surrender what you're doing and just choose to obey and to follow what Jesus has for you? For the fishermen, this was it. And it was the start of an adventure that they would never have experienced otherwise. Okay, so, to sum up what I've just said, for starters, Jesus said, Repent and believe. Do you acknowledge that you need to repent? And if so, rather than just knowing that the world is bad, and so are you, and being sorry about it, do you repent? Do you turn your back on sin? and wrongdoing and do you believe and trust Jesus as the one who brings forgiveness, healing and wholeness? And if you haven't done that so far, do you need to cross that line in the sand now? If you've already said yes to Jesus, consider where you meet with him. Location, location, location. Is it only at church? or are you open to see Jesus act powerfully in your outside life as well? And how can you make sure, what steps can you take this week to make sure he's involved in in this? Next, consider how you're following Jesus, wholeheartedly or in a casual click and go kind of way. Do you need to adjust anything that might be getting in the way? Or do you just need to thank him today for all the things he's done in your life so far? and ask him, what, ask him what the next adventure you face together is. Wherever you are on your faith journey with Jesus, Mark is quite clear that the fishermen were active. As well and let's be like them. So I'm going to say a prayer now. That's going to be our first act. I'm going to say a prayer now and um, to sum all of this up. Please feel free to say amen at the end. Sorry, I realized I didn't get anyone to go amen during the talk. But please feel free to say amen um, at the end, if you agree. Um, Then we're gonna sing a song, which will give us some time to reflect on what God is saying to us, and to respond. So Jesus, we want to come and follow you. We take our everyday, ordinary life our sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before you as an offering. We want to be changed from the inside out, to readily recognise what you want from us and quickly respond to it. Please help us in this, we pray. Amen.